welcome to the Freedom Decoded podcast. We're Demir and Carrie, and this is our podcast where we share a little bit behind the scenes of our business and our lifestyle. If you don't know us yet, we are the owners and founders of the Lifehack Method, which is a productivity coaching company. And so what we do for our work and for our love is help our clients um, achieve productivity gains in order to create the kind of lifestyles that they want. But Like I said, this is our behind the scenes podcast and today's topic I'm particularly excited about because we're going to be doing a 2023 look back, especially on the business side and just the, you know, behind the scenes of what went down in 2023. And based on that, we're going to be sharing what we're going after in 2024. I really love this because one of the commitments that we made when we first started the company was radical transparency. And You and I love all of the personal development gurus and we dive deeply into those waters. But one of the beefs that we had when we started our company was this idea that I felt like the gurus and coaches almost like they were a little bit playing their cards too close to the vest, Mm -hmm. right? Like it was, it was like, yeah, I want to see like behind the scenes of Tony Robbins' life or behind the scenes of Tim Ferriss' life. And you got a feeling like you were only seeing something like really highly marketed and highly polished. So what we're going to do today is completely open the kimono and show people what happened with our business last year. And we're going to get into the weeds, into the details. Yeah. And I mean, I get why people don't want to share necessarily everything. Some For some people, it might be about giving away too many secrets to a competitor or something like, I don't know. But all I know is from personal experience, when I listen to these podcasts, I want to, I want information that would help me benchmark our business versus other big businesses. Like what does good look like? You know, we're all shouting into a vacuum. We're just trying out here. And I, as a business owner personally have trouble understanding that because nobody is sharing it. So before we start getting into the details, like why would someone, why would we share the details of our business? Like how do you want this to inspire somebody? How do you want somebody to use this or receive this? I think, um, and first of all, still a little bit nervous to do it. So I get maybe I get why other people don't do it a little bit. But um, I think when I was going through and making the bullet points for this podcast, one of the things that came up was that, hey, every business is totally unique, right? Like we only want to make sure you and I that we benchmark our success on our personal business past, right? Like I, I do like to understand what other people are doing, but it would be unfair to be like, oh, well, you know, Amy Porterfield's profit margins are like way higher. Yeah. And so we suck, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's not a fair comparison. We have different businesses, even though we're in the same industry. So I think that was that's one thing that came out of it. Also, I, I would love for people just to take away, hey, how are Demir and Carrie thinking about it? Yeah. And hopefully apply the same logic to their business. Totally. Obviously, you'll get different outcomes for your business, um, but it's always helpful just to understand others' thought processes. Yeah, I mean, for me, what I love is, I love the the transparency of being able to see into, you know, somebody I follow or admire. I love being able to see into their business to really understand, like, what does it take to get where they're at? And I'd love for people to see that because a lot of people see the book, the Wall Street Journal bestseller. You know, sometimes they have maybe a a twisted sense of how large or how small the company is. Sometimes I've had it both ways. I've had people be surprised at how big the scale of our company is because maybe we present as very much just like, 
oh, shucks, it's just Amir and Carrie. Right. Um, and I've had people be shocked, like, oh, they thought we were doing, you know, 10x or 100x of what we were doing. They, they thought we were maybe a, a, a much bigger organization. So I just love to be able to see the realness yeah. into somebody's business to be like, oh, okay, now I can sort of say, okay, if you're showing up like this, this is what the business behind the scenes looks like. Anyways, without further ado, let's jump right in. Okay, great. So 2023 look back. First of all, on the lifestyle front, we maintained our lifestyle focus for you and me personally. We are the owners. We are the main two operators inside the business. But yet, I would say we didn't overwork this past year. We took two and a half months off in yep. total in, in two two month inc- in two one month increments. Yeah. Um. So I think that was really positive about this year. Oh, incredibly positive. And I think it's worth saying, although many of our followers will will already know that we're a lifestyle business. Yeah. We are not trying to squeeze every penny out of this. This is not a startup. This is not. We're not. We don't even actually set revenue goals yeah. for ourselves because of that. Like our goal is lifestyle. Yeah. And then we've achieved that. And yeah, so absolutely. you'll always hear us saying maintain lifestyle because <laughs> it's so easy to lose, isn't it? It's so easy to lose. So easy. And it's so easy for the business to sort of take over our relationship and become the primary focus. The business just has this way of wanting to sort of elbow lifestyle out of the way and become the primary focus. But yeah. that's not what this podcast is about. So right. take us further, Carrie. Okay. So in terms of what we ended the business on, this past year, we did $2.5 million in top line revenue. Um, this is a pretty big increase versus the prior year. That's a 44% increase. So I'm particularly proud of this one simply because we had that strong lifestyle focus and we we were able to achieve actually a pretty big top line growth even while maintaining that lifestyle. Love it. I guess the question for you, if I'm being the interviewer, because you're really the star here, um, <laughs> it sounds so flippant to be like, we didn't even try to grow our company 44%, but we did. You know? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. That's no, not what I said. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm okay. Not, I'm not saying you're sounding flippant. I'm just saying like it could be received in that way. So I guess the question is like, well, then how do you, how did we get that kind of growth? Like what was really driving that growth? Yeah. I mean, we did a lot of things, which I'll get into in the, in the coming up bullets. Um, I think the, the key is just right. Creating systems, delegation, um, operational efficiency, right? Like clever and efficient ad spend. To, in order to grow that and is also building on the back of what we did in 2022. So because we run a membership program as our primary offer, if we do a good job with members, they'll stay, right? And so yeah. then somebody that we might have acquired in 2022 is still with us in 2023, but they're already with the program. We've already paid for their cost of acquisition. And now we're just reaping the benefit of them continuing to stay and be a member in Lifehack Tribe. Love it. So primarily... People are loving what we're doing and they're staying. And because there's lower cost of acquisition for those people who stay, we get to benefit from that. Right, exactly. That's like the gold metric, right? Because if I was just relying on, say, first year, you know, ad spend in order to drive all of our revenue and then it was like cut off and I did, I had to do it all over again, that would be a much, much more difficult business for us to run. Nearly impossible. Yeah. But also, lame because like ultimately if you're running a membership like your ultimate metric should be to people do people You'll like stay. what you're doing enough to stay exactly. another year exactly and plus we would never be able to have the lifestyle we have i was like we would be grinding all oh. the time we would have to have a lot more high ticket one-on-one based programs which right now we have none so um i think there's a lot of just so many benefits to having the membership structured the way we do 
I want to get into the rest, but I think this is a good moment to highlight what you've told me before, which is, you know, there is a way of operating in the online world where you just churn and burn. Yep. You're just grunting. People don't know you, so they don't know you're sort of a fakie or that your product isn't that great or your service isn't that great, but you market like the Dickens. And so right. you just run through people and you try in the first three months of meeting somebody before they really find out who you are, you try to like Upsell make them. as much money from them as right. you possibly can. And it's worth mentioning that our business model is quite exactly the opposite. Like we really get paid more and more the more years that somebody stays with us and continues to like transform their life with us. Right. In fact, we're even in the process of reducing the price of some of our highest ticket offerings, reducing it to make them more accessible to people. Um, and we're obviously just maintaining our almost laser focus on Lifehack Tribe, which is still at a very accessible price point too. So that Ideally, we can just scale, right? We can scale our impact. We can scale also yeah. then, therefore, the revenue. But most importantly, we're scaling the results that people are getting. Oh. We want to be able to get them those high-level results without them paying a ton of money for our, our services. I love this. Okay, I'm sorry for derailing. Let's keep moving. Okay, all right. Let's get back into the numbers, which is what I'm excited about. So um, we did, out of that 2.5 million top line, 50% gross margin and 25% net margin. Can you help the people like me? Yes. So <laughs> gross margin is your top line revenue minus advertising. At least that's the way I calculate it. Yeah. I do have a business degree. It's been a while since I did accounting. So my accountant <laughs> will, you know, deliver the final P&L. Yeah. But these are sort of my numbers that I've calculated. Um, so gross is just like basically you've spent half of what we earned. We spent on advertising, right? So you're welcome, Mark Zuckerberg. 50 cents out of every dollar. I feel like Mark Zuckerberg is the real winner. He's the real winner in all of this. Mark should be sitting here being like, oh, really? The person who really won this Talk year. Talk about systems, right? And he didn't have to do a thing. Yeah. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Okay. But let's not go down that Let's not hole. think too hard about that. Okay. Okay. And then uh, in terms of net margin, then you're taking out all other business-related expenses. So staffing, software, just anything else that you would need to pay for within the business. So net margin is basically like, that's your actual profit, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, what's funny is I will see people look in from the sidelines of our business and be like, oh, they, they sort of do what I call the paper napkin calculation of like, oh, Demir and Carrie have like almost 3000 members in Tribe and they're all paying this and they'll start adding it up and thinking, oh, you guys are just rolling in it. You're just so rich. And I'm like, yeah, but do you realize that Mark Zuckerberg takes 50 cents out, out of, of every, every dollar. dollar. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, that really changes. I mean, we're, I listen, I'm not complaining. We we're did doing really good. well this we're year. Doing good. But I'm just saying, like, you know, if you're going to invest in a business, you might want to look at Facebook. Well, and that's a great reason for someone to be listening to this podcast, too, where it's like, hey, let's give you an inside peek of yeah. what, you know, what are the numbers, yeah. right? And that's, by the way, that's after 10 years of us really getting like our heads screwed on yes, straight in totally. terms of our marketing. So, like, if you're really new to this or just a year or two into this, like it could be and, higher than that. Right. Oh, and results are totally not guaranteed. Yes. Every year, the results could change drastically. Um, okay. And that brings us to our next point, which is about the ad results, actually. Yeah. So I reviewed our ad results and, you know, 2023 was just not as good as 2022. 2022, I mean, obviously we wanted, we expected to do just as good or better than 2022. And that absolutely did not happen. We tried out some new things. Um, we're struggling with, you know, things like the algorithm, finding the right audience on these platforms and yep. just getting the cost of acquisition down. Um, but whatever we did, we clearly did not 
hit yeah. our 2022 levels. And the, the KPI behind this right now that I'm looking at is how many months does it take us to reach break-even ROI on somebody who joins Lifehack Tribe? Let me pause because a lot of people don't realize this. Like the day that a lot of people join us, we're still negative oh, on their acquisition, meaning we paid a dollar, but they actually only paid us like you know, 80 cents or 85 cents. So there's like this, you're, you're starting with every client like a little bit underneath. And so then uh, how does that number grow over time? Right. And then we actually invest more in that client because they have a one-on-one -on -one welcome call. Exactly. With our call. We pay actually into that um, during a time period when they can still even ask for all of their money back. Yeah. And so we could be paying for all of the money it costs to acquire them on Meta or on Google or wherever we paid to find them plus our operations costs, and we could still, and still lose. be losing. And we even pay their Stripe processing fee, their credit card processing fee. So, um, but but yeah, so basically what it takes us, what it took us in 2023 is an average of six months yeah. to break even on just the advertising costs for a new a new tribe member. Yeah. So that gives us a big incentive to make sure that they're staying Yeah. and that they're on the annual plan, right? Yeah, because we don't make money if they don't stay. Exactly. Now compare that to 2022, that was only 3.8 months. Wow. So, so we've gotten double. worse. No, yeah. we, not double. It would be, that would be, that's not quite double. 3.8 uh, months is a lot of months, okay? Okay, yeah, okay, <laughs> give okay. Me this. Sorry, sorry, give sorry. Give me this. Okay, I give it to you. All right. No, <laughs> no, not at all double. Definitely not double. Not even not close double. to double. <laughs> but yeah, it's certainly not in the right direction, right? I would, would like it to get back firmly below the six month mark and stay closer to that four month mark yeah. like we were in 2022, um, because that's when we were seeing much better. Ad results, right? If you're, if you're able to break even faster, then obviously you're, you're able to invest more into ads mm -hmm. and grow faster too. Yeah. So and just overall, it's a it's um one of the conversations we had with a mentor this year was about hey, what does like the health of a membership program look like? And he was saying um, that break even within six months was his personal KPI. Yeah. So he's in the, the finance software space. Yeah. Um, but. Still, I, I was really helpful for me to hear that. I'm like, okay, gotcha. Like again, coming back to why we're even recording this today, which right. is it can it can just be so helpful, even if you know that it's not copy and paste, that your business is different from our business. It's still helpful to be like, oh, that's where they're at in terms right. of their cost of acquisition or in terms of their margins. It's really helpful. Okay, so anything more on ad results? I'm sure you could do an entire hour long podcast, but any highlights that you want to talk about there, or maybe even do you want to save it till later where we talk about what we want to try in 2024? No, no, I'll, I'll go over it. So a couple of things that were really cool about this year is we started advertising on more platforms mm -hmm. than we've ever advertised on before. So not only Meta, which is Facebook and Instagram, but also Google and YouTube nice. and TikTok and Amazon as well for our book. So this is really exciting because we're sort of branching off from being so dependent on Meta. Yeah. And we're starting to make use of these other platforms. Can I just pause and just say, you know, we have an attitude of extreme ownership, but it's really hard when it comes to online marketing to to know what what happened, yeah. right? You know, so I, you know, I just wanted to talk really quickly about like, on one hand, it's easy to be dismissive and be like, well, it must be Meta's fault. They must have given us lower quality leads or whatever. And but still, part of you needs to be like, well, maybe I need to take a different tack with my ads. You know, maybe we need to try something different. And so what you're saying here is. You know, let's let's diversify our source of of advertising and let's get out there and start to learn like Meta, Twitter, Google, YouTube, Amazon. Like, let's see what it feels like to be on some of these other platforms and see if maybe we perform better 
on certain platforms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you always want to, I mean, I wouldn't say always want to diversify. Like you want to get good at one channel, which is what we did. Like just being able to have one channel that and one you know funnel that actually converts in my mind is like so amazing, right? Because marketing doesn't exactly come easy to either one of us. Yeah. You know, we just, I don't know. We don't have that gift yeah. per se, but- I would argue that you do, but you're oh, humble. Thank you. I love thank it. You. Um, they say when you're marketing your own company, it's particularly difficult because you're just like so close to it. Yeah. So marketing, it becomes even more difficult. But um, the, yes, it's very exciting, especially starting to see results on TikTok, which is a huge platform. Mm. Um, and we're getting good results there at the moment. You know, results can change at any moment. So <laughs> what's happening right now could be completely not what happens next month. And that's part of what is so tricky about ads is it's like it's just a testing game. It's all about testing and testing and testing all parts of the funnel. So, for example, in 2023, I calculated it. We tested 22 new video ads which means, you know, I'm coming up with the ad concept and scripting it. We're filming it together and getting it edited and out there. We also tested like dozens of new image-based ads. And um, we tested two new webinars. And we even tested new pricing for the Lifehack Tribe program. So like there's a lot of testing that happened in 2023, which I think is good, right? Like obviously the results weren't what I wanted them to be necessarily. But the activity was where you wanted it to be. Exactly. And that's really all I can control. At a certain point, we, you know, exhausted all our best ideas. This stumbles on like the most important point. And I think we need to drink a glass of it ourselves right now. But I think we're we're walking the walk. You know, a lot of people will say to me at the end of the year, well, Demir, I, I wanted to, you know, I did worse at my ads this year than I did last year. And I feel so terrible and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of times I'll say, but where was your activity? Right. Did you do the right level of activity? And I, I feel like for us, we can look in the mirror and be like, okay, well, we didn't get the, the cards that we wanted to be dealt. But frankly, there was really good activity here. And, and, and I'm a believer, and I know you are, that enough activity, enough action, right action over a long period of time will get you to results even sort of by accident. You sort of yeah. fall bare ass right. naked into that the right thing. That tends to be what happens. <laughs> um, well, also, when when there's something going wrong, then it's a problem. And you have to spend time and energy diving in and solving that problem. So in 2022, for example, we were getting by with our existing data and information we had about you know where the results were coming from. But once we started getting worse results in 2023, I got in there and hired a data expert to create this amazing dashboard for us um, after trying various you know built already built pre-built softwares that didn't work. And now we have so much more data mm. on how our advertising spend is doing and even historical advertising spend. So that was really, really crucial because then I can actually see, are we trending in the right direction or not? Because it can be surprisingly hard to, to parse these things apart. Oh, so hard. I mean, especially the more data, the more difficult it is to understand what you're even looking at. Right. And then there's things like cohorts, which I won't even bother people with. But yeah, yeah it can it can really start to twist your mind into a bit of a pretzel. OK, so let's keep going. Tell us more. That's sort of, you know, the advertising side. But inside the Lifehack Tribe membership side, I think we had a great 2023. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. We have nearly 3000 members. Um, so that's amazing. We launched a ton of new different types, types of live events for our members. Um, we completely revamped the onboarding experience. That, I mean, I feel like I could do an hour long podcast on the work that you did 
in the first 30 day experience right. for our tribe members. Mm -hmm. And what you did is you identified that that's really where a lot of people either fell off or just didn't get the results that they were looking for and got just, you know, just upset or just frustrated with themselves. And so you went and completely from a blank sheet of paper redesigned the first 30 day experience. And the data was literally like an arrow up and to the right. I mean, the I user mean, data, the retention data, it looked so great. We definitely don't get any more complaints about the onboarding. So that's really You're, positive. The, it's false humility here, people. <laughs> I'm telling you, false humility. No, you did uh, you did as good a job as I can imagine anybody do. That doesn't mean that people don't come in and still decide it's not the community for right, them. Right. It just means like, let's just, let's be honest. We it saw it in the they, data. They didn't quit at least because of the onboarding experience. And yeah, we definitely yeah. made some big improvements there. Um, in the third, the first 30 day experience and even across the board in terms of the content of the program. I think we've made a lot of great improvements. Absolutely. And to the we'll program. continue to do so yeah. next year. We have so, so many ideas for yeah. that. So many. We also had have 82% um, of new members taking advantage of their one on one welcome call, which was up from like 36%. And we did that with just making one small tweak. So amazing. that was amazing. Just curious. Do you want, do you mind sharing with people? What was that one? Yeah, tweet? easy. So we're like, you know, scratching our head about this. We're like, it's in the onboarding. And then, you know, when they join, we send them the onboarding link right away. And then we pepper them with emails about the onboarding. But then I was like, well, if this is like the number one thing we want them doing, let's just embed the form where they can register for their welcome call directly on the thank you page. Right there. So they enter their card information, they hit enter and it's like, congrats, you're registered schedule your welcome call right now. Yeah. yeah. And so, that took it from the thirties to the eighties in it. terms of retention. And remember, you know, for a lot of people who are just needing a refresher, you know, ultimately what our program about is about and how it differentiate is that we're really doing it with you. The idea is like, there's a billion, million gajillion books and programs and audiobooks or whatever, where if you want to do it yourself, you absolutely can do it yourself. But what's different about Lifehack method is that we're doing it with you. And so we really want people to get on those welcome calls yep. so they can start taking advantage of a real live flesh and blood human being right. who's supporting you and listening to you. And also, you know, people are scoring us really high on those welcome calls. This might sound like a flex. It's not, believe me, we're taking the piss out of ourselves in various ways, but you know, people are enjoying being on those welcome calls. Well, yeah. And, and the data, it shows that if you've had a welcome call, you're much more likely to end up staying in the membership Yeah, because you're, you know, the, these coaches are so well-trained in getting you off to a good start. So, um, and they're cool you know, people and they're super cool. People, we hire yeah. cool people. Um, keep going. Gosh, we did so many other things inside tribe. We, we trialed up a whole new, um, live event series called masterminds, which yeah. were niche interest groups inside of tribe. So that was a huge initiative that we pushed forward. Um, we also promoted one of our coaches to head of member experience. So he's just focused on the members of Lifehack tribe and, and how to improve it, them. Doing a yep. great job. Totally. And what I'm most excited about is we sent out our end of year tribe survey where 43% of tribe members said that they were 10 out of 10 likely to recommend us to a friend, Oof, which is sort of like the so. golden metric of, you know, yeah. end of year surveys. Um, and 70% 70, 70 of tribe members scored us an eight or higher. So um, this is higher than 2022 results. Which were? Which were 37% and 73%. So a pretty good increase, I think, um, on those metrics. And can I pause? Like, I don't want to, you know, this is, as you can tell, most people can tell, like, watching this, you're the numbers person, and I'm sort of like the vibes guy, right? The vibes and, guy? <laughs> I'm the vibes guy. Um, and, you know, for me, where I think those two intersect is you, you find certain metrics 
that I call golden metrics that let you know that you're doing right by your customer. Yes. You know, ultimately you can really get up your own, you know, <laughs> you know, rear ends when it comes to metrics and start having metrics on everything. Right. And, and then it becomes unhelpful. You, you can get lost into it. What is it ultimately about? It's like, are we providing a great service? Are we trying to be the best? And are we seeing like step-by-step movement in the right direction where our client is saying, yeah, you're better than last year. And there's a couple metrics that I call golden metrics that really hit this. Number one is, are they renewing next year? Right. I mean, in the end of the day, if we're doing something right, then when that membership comes up for renewal, they're going to be like, you know what? You know, pour me another one, barkeep. <laughs> you know, like, I'll take another. I'll hang out. I'll stay. Yeah. And the other one is this end of year survey where people talk about how likely they are to recommend us to a friend. Cause that's really like, will I take my personal capital and recommend that another one of my friend's family or coworkers would be part of this program? Um, by the way, I just got an email from one of our friends that randomly oh, yes. met another person. Oh yeah. She who, CC'd me on that. Who was in tribe mm-hmm. and was just like, Oh my God, you guys are like sort of, you know, taking over the world. Although that's not really true, but I appreciated <laughs> that she said it like that. Um, but you know, that's the kind of thing is like, do you feel like you would recommend it to somebody and put your personal capital on the line? So I think what it shows me is that we're, you know, we have an intention to be the best. Mm-hmm. In our little niche of the industry and in what we do, we want to be the best. And to me, this lets us know that we've taken one additional small step in the right direction. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that sort of brings us over to 2023 or 2024 goals. Talk to goals me. For, for this year. So um, obviously, I, we want to maintain our lifestyle. So that's always a priority. We're also have, we have a big move coming up this year. Yeah, I was going to so, say, that's going to be hard considering that we got a big year. In I front think of I us. should probably uh, rephrase that to... Um, just survive would be my my way of phrasing that. Survive this year. But in terms of the business itself, it would be great if we could maintain that top line, but decrease our costs a lot. Yeah. One of the things I'd noticed in looking at our 2023 numbers is that we're very heavy operationally yep. for a business our size. Yeah. So I would love to reduce our operations costs to about 20% of our top line revenue, um, if not further, but I don't I know that I have a path to that 20%. And so that's what I'm shooting for. Um, and heck, I mean, already I've, I've made a big dent in that. So just here at the end of the year, I've saved us about 10.6 thousand on softwares mm-hmm. um, just by renegotiating with software companies, upgrading to annual plans on the, the softwares that I know we're going to keep using, um, just straight up cutting softwares yeah. that are continuing to bill us without me noticing. Yeah. Pause there. It's a great time to go back to your software company and renegotiate, right? Um, right now they're feeling particularly weak. They don't have additional capital, like private, you know, private capital that's going to infuse them. And a lot of these people are playing that game where they're always looking for the next investment round. Anyways, the point being is they value your cash more than anything right now. And so it's a good time to go back to your, you know, uh, softwares and say, hey, you know, your competitor's offering me this. Can you do better? Yeah, especially since software costs are so inflated. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's insane. It's criminal what some of these places are trying to charge us. So, yeah. um, I've also saved us about 40000 in staff costs and what I estimate to be 22000 in credit card processing fees by renegotiating that um, with our card companies. So, Amazing. good. Big dent in it. I still have a ways to go, though, in order to hit that for 2024. And then in terms of advertising, like bringing back that break-even ROI back down to four months 
you know, and I don't really know yet what that's going to take. Like, is it going to take actually reducing our ad spend in order for us to start seeing? But I just, I don't know. We have to do more analysis on that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just a lot of more action activity, trying different stuff. Um, you know, for me, the one thing I really want to add to this is what we added in our annual goals, which was operational independence. So not only do we want to reduce the cost of some of our operations, we also want to reduce some of the dependence because a lot of the operations have really been dependent on you. And Mm. good news, we're pregnant again. And so that is going to take you off the board a little bit on some level. Right. Oh, yeah, the move. Also giving birth this year. Yeah. Forgot that one. We're just doing an international move. <laughs> when it's the move. third one, it's like not as big of a deal. You're like, I'll take a bottle of champagne <laughs> to the <laughs> to the hospital. Um, yeah, so there's a big move and the baby. That's going to take you off, uh, you know, your eye off the ball a little bit and take you off the, the board. So we're really looking for a lot more operational independence. And I just want to highlight this, that I think what you and I have done well that I'd like to see more of our clients' businesses doing is that we tend, yes, we have years almost by luck where when you're trying to be the best and you're taking a lot of activity, you're going to catch a wave. And there's some years when you get 44%, you know, top line revenue increase. And it's like, wahoo, that's great. But it's also nice to take a chew and swallow year where like, yes, almost like bulking and cutting in the exercise world. Yeah, you bulk and you're going to gain some muscle, but you also gain some fat. And there's always a moment where you want to just sort of diet down a little bit. And I think, I feel like this year we've aligned to be like, hey, this is a little bit of a a year where we're not, you know, we wouldn't say no if we grew the top line, but we're not really looking at top no. line numbers. We're looking at the things we can control, like let's create some operational independence. Mm-hmm. Let's cr- let's look at reducing the base cost of the business and really get everything, you know, tighten up the ship. Because sometimes when you're in that race for growth, yeah. things can get flabby. I've never liked the race for growth because it's like, to what end are you growing? Like, Why? I, I mean, sure, if we if we were able to grow because it was enabling us to impact more people, then that's fine. But just growth for growth's sake has never been our focus as a, as a company ever. Never. I just feel like at this point, for the size of company we're at, we should be able to actually turn more of a profit. Yep. And so that's what I'm excited about is sort of like making our what's a, what is a very healthy business right now into like a super healthy business. Yeah, totally. And you know, one of the things that I want to give you props for before we close out is a lot of people will say, well, okay, how do you, you know, how do you go and do those sort of tighten up the ship or like get your processes? One of the things you do that I really admire as a CEO is a lot of people, the more years that they're at the helm of a business, the more resistance they have to jumping into jobs that they say are like beneath them. Right. Right. And so one of the things that you do as a practice is that when somebody goes on vacation, you will regularly step in and do that person's job yourself when they go out for two weeks. And that gives you an opportunity to look at all of their SOPs, make sure all of the SOPs are tight. Are we still operating in the best way? Are we following procedure? Are the proceed, can the procedures be improved? Are there new technologies that I can integrate here? And just in doing that, on a rolling basis, you found a lot of opportunities to save hours, yeah. to save money, to tighten up the ship, to Im- increase that. And and I find that that's a big thing because I coach thousands of people. 
And that's a thing about you that comes very naturally that I have to really convince other people to do. Yeah. And they're like, oh no, you know, I, I don't want to do this job. I haven't done that job in four years. That, that job is beneath me. And I've never once heard you say, Oh, well, I don't want to go back to that. That's beneath me. It's more like, oh, I'm excited to go back to that yeah. because maybe the longer that it's been since I've been in that person's seat and gotten a chance to drive the car from their perspective, the more chance that I can find an opportunity to tighten things up. Oh, I 100%. I know for a fact when I do somebody's job for them that I will find so many things to improve because I'm also the boss. And so I have the authority to tell them to do things differently, right? There's perspective to, and the fairness perspective, to them. Right. You know. And I have full organizational knowledge. Like I built our whole website. So like, I know how things work already and they might not know everything on all the ins and outs. So yeah. Um, yeah, I have a lot of fun like that. Like right now, for example, um, we let some one of our main operations persons go and I'm currently doing our customer service again. Like, I mean, I'm one of the two, like we're two people, um, but I'm sort of like the head one yeah. and here I am and I'm having a blast. You know, I get to talk with our customers every day and I found a bunch of problems with our website and fix them. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I love doing that stuff. There's definitely no job that I would feel like is there's stuff I don't want to do. Like, for example, I wouldn't want to do what you do. So <laughs> I appreciate you a lot for but, that. But even for me, like. I feel like if you stepped into what I did for two weeks, there would be a lot of learnings right. all around. Yeah. A lot of like, hey, you could tighten this up because there's just something about running a process yourself for a long time. You start to skip steps. Totally. Or you let it get a little bit messy. It's like having company come over. When company comes over, you clean up the house. You know, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's something nice about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And there is also, I like the feeling of just kind of like knowing what's going on in the business as you remove yourself from roles, which I have, I have a great role. Like I could not do anything for weeks at a time and it would be fine. Like yeah. the business would still run and it would be fine. But it's like, then if I if I get in there and I, I really know and I have a good refresher on how everything's working, then I feel like I know what's happening in the business. Does yeah. that make sense? Like it's- Totally makes sense. Totally yeah. makes sense. Well, Carrie, thank you for taking us through all of these business results. Final word to you, any thoughts or high level, you know, observations, or do we close it out here? What do you think? Gosh, I mean, drop us a comment with what you thought of this episode. Um, let us know your key business takeaways. If you run a business, let us know your key focus for 2024. Um, we'd love to, to hear from, from you as well. Thank you for listening. We will catch you on the next episode.